0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender, and yeah, Adam Rotus is on vacation. It gives me a chance to roll out the red carpet, start bringing in some real-time guests, and I love kicking off my week right now with with none other than Doctor Roto. Yeah, that's right. I have always been a longtime listener. This is my first-time caller here for Dr. Roto on a podcast. This is actually the first time that you and I have done a podcast together. Howard Bender, big fan. Big fan of yours. I got to tell you that. <laughs>
1: you know, I think we did it one. did we do a baseball show last year, you, me, and Raf? And I think this is the second time we've ever done radio together. That's so funny. Me, you, and Ra- I remember
0: that show now. Wow.
1: We were covering some draft. And I think I... Who was the guy that I... Um, there was some third baseman. I can't even remember his name anymore. It tells you how out of baseball I am. And I said he was gonna have like 20 stolen bases. And you're like, if you keep him on your team for this year, I'll be impressed. And I think I caught him like a week later.
0: <laughs> I always I love players like that, right? I mean, listen, how many times have I been on a guy where I'm just like, oh, this is it? He's gonna crush, he's gonna be fantastic. Oh, was I talking about Mike Davis in football? I'm sorry. <laughs> I oops.
1: Yeah, I I only meant that I liked him for the first month. I
0: didn't like him the whole season. Uh, Oh, oh. And I had, you know, a troll on me about Mike Davis for pretty much like the first 13 weeks of the season, right? Or Maybe it was a little less than that. And finally, at one point, I just turned to him. I'm like, dude, I get it. It was a mistake. I was wrong. What more do you want from me? And he finally just left me alone.
1: I, 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 we don't. I, know I didn't tell you the story. So I asked in preseason for a bold prediction, and some guy says that Julio Jones and AJ Brown will have more games on the IR than touchdowns. Every week, this guy updated me with this. Every week, like, dude, congratulations! It was a great prediction. I'm over it now. Can we move on. <laughs>
0: right it's like come on because it, it, you know it's not like you know because i've listened to you on sirius xm and i know you right like it's not like you're out there getting all braggadocious about all of these calls that you made you know it's not you know you're not like that you've got you know some humility to you here so for this guy to like bang the drum against you of all people that's uh that's that's kind of comical I think he was banging the drum for how good he was. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to like, to, to rattle your cage, but I told you, I told you. Right. Can I, I, I tell it. you
1: something, what I learned in this industry? I learned sure. that you gotta, you gotta give yourself props when you're right, but you gotta be honest about when you're wrong because then you're telling the truth to people, which is all you can
0: do in this. That's all you have,
1: right, is your truth.
0: Transparency, complete yeah. transparency, right? I mean, that's, that's what separates the quality people who you can trust. And the snake oil salesmen who are just telling you that they can get you rich quick and and they know all the all the plays. And they're never wrong. You know, you love that people who are on like like an 85 percent winning percentage for their lives.
1: Yeah. yeah. Show me the gambler who ever shows you a losing ticket. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Well, you know what? I didn't cash in the Westgate Super Contest this year. So I actually would. I, I did. I posted a whole mess of losing tickets there. Yeah.
1: What you know, we do? all we all do, right? That's the crazy thing. We all do. But I think you, if you've got a sound process and you do and you enter your lineups or your picks with with the right thoughts, then it, you're allowed to be wrong, right? We're all wrong. But it's when your decision making in the beginning is faulty, then we gotta you know get on you for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's like if your process is right, sometimes it's gonna miss. That just shit happens. That's just the way it is. That's just. There's no other way to 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 say it. There's, things go you know awry in different ways. You know, I always like to tell people. You know, I, MLB, right? We're 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 salivating over guys, you know, who are, are you know have a thirty percent success rate at the plate. Like well, thirty percent, like where, like even weathermen are right more than that, right? So t- Tony Sincada years ago, I don't know if you
1: remember Tony he used to be on oh, the channel I on the first hosts, and Tony would say. You know, in baseball, you get, if you get three out of 10 hits, that's a good season. And you're like, when you process it that way, he's absolutely right. I mean, where else in the world can you go three out of 10 and be good at
0: something? Um, nowhere. Nowhere. It's funny. Uh-huh. I, you know, I actually, I was, um, I met Todd Wellemeyer. You remember the, the pitcher? Yeah. yeah. So I met him and we were talking and he turned around to me and gave me the whole one good month. That's all you need. He's like, it's a six month long season. You need one good month, and that is going to save like all your numbers, your ratios, your, your you know, whatever. One good month is going to make your year for you. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, you sit there and you think about it, you're like, oh, well, one out of six. Yeah, in baseball, one out of six, that's pretty darn good. You're okay there.
1: You know, Steve Phillips used to say when he was seeing the ball well, it looked like a grapefruit. And when he wasn't, it looked like a P. And I feel that way when you play tennis, when you play golf, any sport that has a ball like that, right? But it's true. When you think about it in baseball, there are weeks you could have no home runs in fantasy baseball for two weeks. But on the third week, if your team hits 25, you average eight a week, right? So Mm -hmm. it made up for those first two crappy weeks.
0: Ah, I I love fudging the numbers, man, right? There's nothing better than cherry picking data just like that. (laughs) <laughs> Shh, don't give it away tricks here, Howard. Give it away. Tricks. Oh, I'll try not to, but I listen, I call myself out on it all the time. I'm like, oh, this dude was amazing for five out of his last six games. Oh, really? What was he for the 15 games before that? I don't know what you're talking about. It <laughs> yes, doesn't I'm only looking at
1: the last eight starts. That's
0: it. Right? I, I have a very, like, I need a small, I live on the small sample size. All right. That's it. I live on the small sample size. Um, so really, seriously, thank you so much for for joining me tonight, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, we've been around in the industry with each other for for a, a long time. We've had that that inside joke of the longtime listener, first time caller, which you reminded me we were in Nashville, FSGA at a uh, at a conference there. But you're like you the, the I think you're the only person who like really I, I don't know, man. We're in radio, so I mean, everybody is is they are they just past that joke. Are we just like being kids here, like six-year-old j- children? No, I think when we, don't you remember? I mean, I
1: listen, wasn't it uh, Mike and Mike? Everybody it was like first time, long time. I mean, that all was the time. What I said when they called.
0: Yeah, all the time. All the, right, so it's a compliment. <laughs> I, I think it is too. I just, it's so funny, you know, like that right there. That's my my affiliation with, uh, with you. And then your sign-offs uh, on XM. Put away the copay card. Okay, give me your give me, give me the old sign off here. What time now to put away the insurance cards, put away the copay. The office is closed, my
1: friends. Yeah, there you it won't is. take yeah. care. <laughs> People like, look, you know it works. What can I tell you? And you, I mean, here's a funny story for you. My son went to Sleepway camp maybe like three summers ago, and he took, you know, he's playing tennis, he's playing swimming and all these sports, and he did one uh, thing where he was doing sports, radio broadcasting, and he uh-huh. used my, my stuff. I'm like, dude, you can't use my stuff. But he was usually like, get out the insurance cards, and the, and the counselor's like, oh, that's really good. I'm like, of course it's really good. It's not serious.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, would you prefer that he does that or that he like starts copying Tony Sincata? No, no, much better, much better than copying his father. Right. I mean, that's that's the ultimate. Listen, that that's the ultimate flattery. I mean, I've said this before. You know, when when. You know, when I first started doing the uh, the fantasy alarm show and we did the, uh, the the what's in the box segment, you know, spinning off of like the end of the movie seven, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Where Brad Pitt's freaking out. I like, what's in the box? <laughs> so we did this whole thing. And when people started repeating that back to me, like that was that was the best. That was that was probably one of my finest moments in radio. Right. I just like sat there almost silent for a few minutes when somebody called up and they did that to me.
1: But, you know, it's it's real. It's that people are part of the show. and So, you know, I've done so many, you know, Roto children. I mean, Doc, who's your Roto child this year? Right. Who are your visionary plays? And it's because people feel like they're part of the show. And that's the best part about being on radio is, you know, the people, you know, it's you have your callers, the guys who call every day or during the season. And, you
0: know, that keeps us doing what we love to do. It definitely does. So you know, um, you know, just to 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 fanboy out on you, Doc, um, Justin Fensterman and I, nonstop all the time. Um, when we would like, when he was my producer, and we were discussing segments and stuff like that. Um, when one of us had an idea, and it was like, you know, we really liked it, we ran with it. One said lock it in. The other person was like visionary style. <laughs> And it was like, if it was visionary style, that we were good to go, that we were all set. So, uh, that's the best. That was, uh, that was, you know, I had the first, I always say this, the
1: first DFS show on the channel was me. And that was the, my, at the end of the show, was locking in all the picks visionary style. So it was, uh, and Rob, uh, Silent Rob Phoenix used to do the,
0: um, <laughs> the background on it. Who, and he's the best. And it was just, uh, it was a great time. Oh, my Lord. Now, when, when are you on Sirius XM right now? Uh, I am on Saturday and Sunday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Saturday and Sunday morning, 9 to 11 Eastern.
1: Yes, 9 to 11 Eastern. So a little early for you, but if you feel like waking up, uh, call in.
0: Oh, dude, you know, early for me? My God. I I don't know if it's because I got to that age or it was just so many years of living on the West Coast that, you know, my, you know, having to be on East Coast time, my body just wakes up at five. You know, so I used to do that all the time. And now it's just, it's a constant. So, well, really? now I'm going to harass you on the weekend. You're an early morning person. I am so not an early morning person. I hate being an early morning person. But
1: it's the only time that everybody leaves me alone. I can get shit done. I'm the opposite. I I do my stuff at night when all, everybody's asleep. Yeah. Well,
0: you got kids. Right. Two yeah, see, about. there you go. Like that That alone, you know, <laughs> me, I come out to my, 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 my office in the shed and the, the wife and the dogs are asleep in bed and I know they're not getting up for hours on it. I feel good about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: The only problem is that when I used to do seven in the morning radio, I didn't want to be too loud because I didn't want to wake everybody up. So, right. you know, Matt Deutsch was like in the old days, hey, Doc, can you do 6
0: a.m.? I'm like, 6 a.m.? You want me to get divorced? I mean, you kill me. him. <laughs> right? And you're like, you're like, hey, everybody, welcome in. Dr. Roto, Roto here. The <laughs> office is open. <laughs> <laughs> the receptionist... It's a little hungover from last night. So, <laughs> Just be really quiet. Voice is down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 9 to 11 a.m. Saturdays and Sundays. Um, is it just you? Do you have a co-host? It is just
1: me. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something interesting. I prefer to host solo. It's not that I can't host with somebody. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about hosting a solo show that I know the rhythm and I know what I want to cover. And you know, I bring in, I do bring on a lot of guests because I like talking to people in that way. And I take phone calls, but I've always enjoyed doing my own show. So uh, even when I worked with talented people like Adam and Scott and, and you know, Tommy G, it's, it's always fun to do it that way, but there's something about doing your own show that's special too.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely hear you on that. I, I like doing it as well. Um, you know, when I, when I, when the baseball playoffs kick in, um, and I know that Jim Bowden's going to be covering for MLB Network. I'm like, oh, OK, we get to ride some solo shows now. Enjoy that and uh, and kind of kind of get into that. So um, so solo on the show, but the big family, the Dr. Roto family, that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So uh, talk to me here about DrRoto.com. Um, how long is the uh, as the site been up now officially? We've
1: only been up since last August. So we're still new to the game. But, uh, you know, we've we've all had different journeys in this industry. And I've been very lucky to work with some terrific people. And uh, but, you know, when COVID happened and I was let go from Sports Illustrated, I just decided that I wanted to do my own thing. Right. I was ready to just I wanted to work with people that I liked and I trusted. And I was ready to to, uh, see what I could do. And it's been one of the greatest things, Howard, in terms of it challenges me every day, not just producing content, but, you know, managing people and doing back end stuff and marketing and just, you know, thinking, using my brain in ways I haven't used it in years. So it has been just, I would say, one of
0: the hardest things I've ever done, but absolutely one of the best things I've ever done. Fantastic. Fantastic. You want to give out anything specific? Just a little shout out here. Dr. droto.com. Well, for mm-hmm. sure, we're doing a special here, a limited
1: time special. You know how those go. But we're offering the entire 2022 season, seasonal only for football and baseball. $49.99. I know that sounds crazy, but you know what? I want people to see our site. I want people to see what we're doing. I want people to get the content. And for me, I get so much pleasure for people being successful in fantasy football and fantasy baseball. It's
0: totally worth it to me. So please check that out at drroto.com. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I completely endorse it. And I, you know, and it's funny too because you and I have that that similar mentality. Um, I was doing something for uh, for our company, uh, just kind of like a get to know you kind of a thing. Um, so I was answering questions. One of the questions that was asked of me was what's my favorite part about my job? And I was like, you know, I gotta be honest with you. It's when a, a subscriber hits me up to tell me that they've won a bunch of money, yep. right? Like that they won their championship, that, uh, you know, that that the content that, that I and the Fantasy Alarm team produced gave them the, the win. And they're so grateful for it and they're so thankful. Um, that's like, it's like, that's, that's what, what drives me. That's, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, go figure. No, I, nobody gets into the content side of things for the money, right? Right. Can we, can we all agree on that one? Well, look, when I first got my first
1: paying job, Nando DeFino said to me, he had a better chance of getting hit by lightning than making money in the fantasy sports industry. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, he wasn't wrong about that, but it's, it's true. I mean, I really, I've always said, if I could be a commissioner of a league and come in third, but the league went well and everybody had fun, then it was a great year for me, right? I don't of course I want to win. You know that I'm very competitive in my leagues. But that said, the success for everybody on my site, if every if every subscriber wins their league, oh my god, it was the best thing I ever did
0: all year. Yeah, 100%. I I I, I do. I I really love it. I get off on that. It's so funny. And, you know, because my wife gives me some shit sometimes. She's like, how come you're not pulling in? You know, you're not winning 50 grand in, in DFS. And I'm like, well, because, you know, I'm busy giving everybody else the advice and helping them out and making sure that that they do it. I, I tried to equate it to her. I said, I am I'm like, the, you know, that marriage counselor who is like the guru and can, you know, help any couple stay together. But yet the dude's divorced five times on his own. <laughs> right, right.
1: Now, the, I think what separates me in in this industry, and not saying from everybody, but I've had a lot of success, you know, winning whether it's high stakes leagues, expert leagues, you name it. So I think people trust that the that the content that I'm giving them is stuff that I use in my own leagues, and that's I swear by that. That I'm never going to give you a player that I wouldn't draft myself. Where I'll tell you, don't draft this player because I'm not taking him. And I think that the best guys in our industry do that, right? I'm not just telling you what I think you want to hear. I'm telling you what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, that's one of the taglines here of Anti Up, actually. Adam Ronis and I say it. we're not going to give you a play. We're not going to give you a bet that we aren't making ourselves. Like that's that's it. Like you know, that's why when I do the uh, the Westgate Super Contest or the uh, the Ultimate Football Challenge at the Golden Nugget. You know, and I do the live, you know, Craig Mission, I do the live stream where we're giving out the picks and I post the ticket so that you guys can see. Yeah, I, I ponied up a thousand bucks of my own money to join this contest. And this is what I'm doing. And, you know, and here here are my plays. And, you know, great, you know, good, solid year. just under the cash line. Um, But, you know, if you still if you tailed the picks, then then you won. So. But
1: it's so true. I mean, look, if you especially in high stakes. If I'm paying x amount of dollars to be in a high stakes league, then I'm putting my money where my mouth is, right where, and where a lot of people in the industry will tell you things, but they don't play for more than a dollar right or they're play, and I'm not knocking that I'm not knocking it's not about the money, but when you're paying that kind of money, you know that you're trying to win because
0: you're not trying to lose that kind of money yeah uh, exactly exactly i'm not I'm not just pissing on on this entrance fee because I've got it to burn right, so right. Um, all right, well, let's talk a little bit of uh, putting our money where our mouths are. Dr. Roto, it is Super Bowl week here. And, and the funny thing is, is that here we are on a on a podcast uh, and we're what, like a good 20 minutes in. And we have not mentioned the Super Bowl yet. So lay it on me, man. What do you think of the big game?
1: I think it's actually going to be a great game. I really do. I think you've got two terrific offenses. I think you've got defenses that are both good but also make a lot of mistakes. Yes, I do believe the Rams make mistakes on defense. Uh, I love the swagger of Joe Burrow. You've got Beckham and Chase. I think this has all the makings of what should be a great game. I mean, we're looking at, what, 48 and a half points, which Vegas is telling us it's going to be an exciting game. Um, I think it's going to come down to two things. I think it's going to come down to the Rams' defensive line against the Bengals' offensive line. And then I think it's about tackling. I think there are a lot of times the Rams have not tackled so well on defense. And if you don't tackle Chase or Higgins or Boyd or Mixon, they're going to make some big plays. So I feel like I really like the Bengals to cover. I don't know whether the Bengals win, but I think they cover. And I don't think this moment is too big for Joe Burrow. Every time he's been in a moment like this, whether it's the SEC championship game or the national championship game or against the Chiefs on the road, the moment hasn't been too big for him. And I don't think it'll be too big for him this weekend either.
0: I, I love that you just said that. That's something that's funny. Jim Bowden and I talk about that on the, uh, on the Fantasy Alarm show on a regular basis, is that I am. I'm, I'm amazed about how calm and at ease Joe Burrow is in the moment. And when people do say, well, he's you know, is, is it going to catch up on him? You know, is he going to get lost in the moment? And I get it, man, right? It's like every kid, every kid who grows up, you know, dreaming of being a, a, a star football player and leading his team to the Super Bowl championship. Like, I, you know, I get it. That's That's the dream. But so far, you've seen him hit those different points. Like you said, LSU. Um, winning a lot of these games on the road uh, here, you know, taking down Pat Mahomes. That's, you know, that's, and and he, he's got that swagger, but he's not like, he's, he's not a showboat. And that's kind of, I think what endears me to him the most is that he's really, he's got that act like you've been here mentality. And, uh, and that's a rarity in some of these young kids. It is. And his teammates
1: love him. They adore him. And you you can't teach that, right? You have that. And I mean, look, Jamar Chase, respect him, right? These guys know each other. And I think a lot of people didn't like the draft pick of Chase. They wanted everybody, they wanted them to pick Sewell. You've got to give a guy a number one target. And T. Higgins is a fantastic number two. So look, if the Bengals don't win this year, they know what they need to do. Work on their offensive line and defensive line in the offseason. And I think they'll be a lot better off, maybe even a cornerback as well. The Rams are in a spot here. I don't think this moment will be too big for Matthew Stafford. I don't. I think they'll be fine. I think this moment may be bigger than Sean McVay. Sean McVay tends to get tight in these big games. He was outcoached completely in the last Super Bowl they were in. I know that's an easy thing to do against Bill Belichick, but he was outcoached. He was outcoached by Kyle Shanahan in the last game of the season. I, I'm not sure, you know, I'd be, be, be very interested to see Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay, who will take the chances needed to call those big plays because that may be the team that wins here.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot, you know, and I think, and it's it's tough too because you look, you look at Zach Taylor and you look at some of the play calling and you watch the Bengals settle for a lot of field goals this year. Like they really, you know, and, and even, you know, against Kansas City, you know, it was 12 minutes left and they were driving down the field. And, you know, you almost felt like like Taylor was laying up on the play call and just being like, well, let's not push it here. Let's just get close. Up. All right, let's get a field goal and let's, you know, see what happens. And then, you know, Mahomes just ate up, you know, almost that entire clock afterwards. Um, and I was, like, scared that, that you know, he was going to fail on that. I, I think that Taylor needs to make sure – that he's, he stays aggressive enough. I'm not saying get reckless, but stay aggressive enough that, that you're not just sitting there settling for field goal after field goal um, because you got away with some of that, at least against Kansas City. But, you know, Rams, Rams are definitely a team that can put up points.
1: You know, a, a great kicker is a blessing, but it's a crutch too. And McPherson yeah. is a great kicker. There's no doubt. I watched this kid play at UF. He's great. But you know, when you know you can get that fifty-yard field goal, maybe on third and eight, you're not calling that aggressive play because you're taking the three points. You do that too much in the NFL, it will ca- it will bite you, right? It will come back to bite you. So I, I think it's going to be, you know, fourth and two, who's willing to go for it? You know, third and seven, who's not calling the running play? And I think whichever one of these coaches actually steps up. And makes that bold play call. It might be the difference here because, like you said, I mean, I think that was a great point. Joe Burrow gives up the ball at ten minutes. He barely, he didn't touch it again. He did not.
0: He did not. <laughs> that was definitely worrisome uh, for you know whatever for for those of us who are who are siding with the Bengals. Um, I you know I think I had two bets down. I I got seven points in one place and seven and a half at another. So I always said if it goes up to seven and a half, I'm just gonna. You know, I'm gonna lay it on the uh, on the on the Bengals, if it just stays at seven, I'm gonna stay with the Chiefs. At one place, I got it up to say went up to seven and a half, and I was like, boom, let me just jump on that now, take care of it, and kind of hedge my bet uh, on that one. Um, good point here, defensive line versus offensive line of Cincinnati. I mean, I think that's definitely gonna be a, a an interesting spot. Can Cincinnati neutralize that? Um, you know the pass rush and neutralize the uh, the effect of that defensive line with some design screens to Joe Mixon. Like let the let the pass rushers commit and immediately dump it off to him.
1: Yes, because I think when you have that extra week, you can put those wrinkles in, and I think you've got to move Joe Burrow in the pocket a little bit. You got to throw those screens. You got to throw those quick passes to Jamar Chase. You got to keep the Rams on their toes. I'll say this. If Aaron Donald gets over two and a half sacks, uh, the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, Do I think Von Miller may have lost a step? Maybe. But Aaron Donald hasn't. I mean, this guy is a beast. So I, I think that they just have to do things. They've got to run the ball reasonably well with Mixon, and they've got to do what Mike McCarthy did for years. And I can't stand Mike McCarthy. But when he coached the Packers, he still ran the ball 15 or 20 times a game, even if it didn't get any yardage just to keep the other the team honest, the opposing team honest. And I think Mixon needs to get 15 to 18 rushes even if he's only getting 42 yards. They got to show the run because if they sit back there and pass every down, Aaron Donald is going to find Joe
0: Burrow. Yeah. Now what about the other side here, right? I mean I mean is it's is it safe to say that you as you're not you're not a Rams fan, and you're not a Bengals fan, are you? It's funny. I like both teams, but I don't root for either team if that makes any sense. But I find them likable. Yeah, I find them likable as well. Would you say that you tilt more towards fan wise for Cincinnati just because of the darling story? Or are you maybe rooting a little bit more for the Rams? You know, I'm a big, big Cooper Cup fan. I have him in a
1: dynasty league for years and I've liked Matthew Stafford, but there's something about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase Roto, a Roto child that. I don't know. I'm really torn. I've got to be honest with you. I won't be upset either way, but I'm going to answer your question this way Matthew Stafford kills blitzes. And I don't think the Bengals are going to blitz at all. I think the Bengals are going to back off a little bit and run a big zone, and they're going to force him to be accurate. And sometimes Matthew Stafford is not as accurate as we think he is, right? I think it's, he gets a little bit too much credit for his accuracy. I'm not saying he's inaccurate. But I think he's better in man-to-man coverage. And I don't know whether that the Bengals are going to show that. So I think Cooper Cup is going to see 10 caches for 140 yards. But it's going to be like these dinks and dunks and everything in the middle and keep everything in front of them. And if the Bengals can tackle really well, I think they're going to have a good chance here to not
0: let any big plays happen. So Cooper Cup in Dynasty, you're, you're you're obviously a very successful season just having Cooper Cup and what he did. Um, I mean, two questions there. One, how in the world is he always so open? Never understood that. Like, I mean, that just that boggles my mind week in, week out. Number two, um, what are you selling him for in Dynasty right now? Because I can't like you can never look at a guy like that and think that this career year is the plateau, or he's going to plateau for a little while, I always feel like he can go nowhere but down at this point. And I almost feel like it's the optimum time to trade Cooper Cup. Well,
1: I mean, so look, I think Cup is stronger, faster, and smarter than we give him credit for. Right? He's he's not a blazer. And he's not not the strongest guy out there. But he's a smart football player. And he just knows how to get open. And he knows how to find that little crease and Stafford is good enough to hit him in that crease, and that's what makes him special. I could, I, I totally agree with you. This is the first year we've seen Cooper Cup stay healthy. We've seen Cam Akers was out for pretty much the entire year, so he was getting all those dump offs that would have gone to Akers or or Hunt Henderson. So he got more catches. You know, Robert Woods wasn't there, so he got more opportunities. So this was a perfect year. But I can't trade this guy for any less than. An ideal trade, right? I mean, I can't settle for you know a, a first round, a late first rounder, and some you know Jabroni. I need, I need a lot, yeah. and I don't think people are going to want to pay what I'm going to need because he's still young, he's still talented, he's still in a great offense.
0: Still young, he's still talented in a great offense. Yeah, um, I, I feel like he's like you know he's like that must lock in. It's so funny when you when you talk like showdown lineups for for the weekend, I kind of feel like, you know, Cup is he's the must have. Like as much as I love Jamar Chase, we've seen teams take away Jamar Chase and we've seen Joe Burrow be like, OK, no problem. I, I got, you know, Boyd and I've got, uh, you know, Higgins here. I got C.J. Uzama, whose comments today were well, very beautiful and very heartwarming, saying he's no, he's there's no way he's going to miss the biggest game of his life. Um, but as somebody who has, you know, Tyler Boyd at over on 40 and a half yards, uh, CJ Uzama's involvement might might hurt me a little bit. Well, yeah. It's funny how we start thinking about things like that,
1: right? We start thinking about, you know, I, I like him, but he's gonna bother my fantasy team. Look, we <laughs> <laughs> we get our priorities in order. I feel like the Super Bowl is one of my fate, one of my most and least favorite games of the year. It's one of my most because there are games that you remember historically. It's my least because it's the end of football. Right. And then I, I'm, I'm without it. So I think the question, you know, in Cooper Cup will probably be a top five pick next year. Will he have a top five season? I don't know. But I think he's it's been a special season. And I'm glad to have been a part of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, listen, I just said I have him in. Uh, it was the uh, the bourbon bowl, I think, was uh, one of those. Uh, uh, competitions I got involved in somehow. And, uh, and I, and I drafted Cooper cup and like, I you know, I just, I, I get a tear every time, you know, he like ticks over a hundred yards again. I'm like, Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, from the super bowl to the wonderful world of MLB, what to do. For fantasy baseball, when you're drafted in a lockout, I'm going to bring that up with my man Dr. Roto here right after this. All right, Dr. Roto, MLB, a very interesting time right now. I'm trying to remain optimistic about the negotiations for the CBA, but you know, I got to be honest with you. For the last, and you know, I'm a baseball guy. I've always been a big baseball guy. It was my first love, but I'm really getting disillusioned by, uh, by this game lately.
1: Um, I can't stand baseball right now. I am I, I agree <laughs> at baseball. I hate baseball, but I love baseball, if that makes any sense, right? We grew up with baseball. I get it. But they have done everything they can to butcher this sport. You know, my son goes to one game a year. We go to one game a year when my father-in-law comes into town. I live down my spring training. He's a big Red Sox fan, my father-in-law. So we can go to JetBlue Park together once a year. Outside of that, my son will watch no baseball games. He's 15 years old and his friends, none of them are baseball fans. None. They like football. They like the NBA. We the, Baseball has created a slow game that appeals to our grandfathers. And it's a problem. And in a time where kids want things that are fast, they want esports. They want Emmett. Do people watch MMA, or do they watch boxing? They watch MMA because it's more exciting. You know, so what is baseball doing? I question whether or not in 30 or 40 years that baseball will have half the audience it has right now. They are doing
0: everything they can to bludgeon this sport and and alienate the fans too. I mean, we we see what's going on with the back and forth. Um, but when you just talk about the common everyman, right? like you and me, uh, to to see billionaire owners arguing over nickels and dimes with millionaire players, um, you know, and and you know, you know, I mean, you and I know, being in the industry, um, that the, there is there is going to be a lot of jockeying for position here because with the legalization of of sports gambling in in all the states, or you know, what is it like a third of the states right now it's legal in, and it's just. Rapidly moving, there's so much more money for the for the taking that that these two sides are arguing back and forth, and it's the fans who sit and suffer. We get alienated. We're we're left with you know lousy Hall of Fame voting. That's that's what we get. Lousy Hall of Fame voting. I mean, horrible. horrible. And,
1: and you know what? It it is a problem. So look, the players want a few more dollars for for you know uh, the minimums. They're not even—they're not even off by that much. I mean, they're really fighting for like hundred thousand dollars, and you know what? And the service time. I mean, look—I live down near Tampa. The Rays keep their guys down forever. Why? Because they know they have to do that. Because they need to keep them long, as long as they possibly can. Because the minute they bring them up, and the time cl- and the clock starts, they have to trade them within two or three years. Because they are a small market club. I mean. If baseball, if our if our businesses were run like baseball, people would quit. I mean, imagine that only like seven or eight teams can realistically win each year because those are the teams that have all the money. I mean, look, I'm not knocking the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox, but aren't we all bored with it at some point? Don't we want to see new teams come in because it's just a stacked deck? I, I just feel like the NFL is is it completely imperfect but new teams are there every year because of the salary cap
0: and baseball just has never figured out how to do it right no they they haven't and and to make matters worse is that um you know what we what even before you know the lockout all the free agent signings that went i mean what was it like the Texas Rangers spent 561 million dollars on on four free agents like, this is what we're seeing thrown around here. And we're all, like, scratching our heads, being like, what the hell is going on? Like it, it, It's just it's, it's utter chaos. And, you know, but, I mean, we also know, though, that, like, throwing money at the problem doesn't always work in baseball, right? I mean, it, it, it has recently for the Dodgers. But, I mean, how many times did we see, you know, like, the Yankees falter with that or the Angels falter with that or – how about the uh, yeah. Marlins? The Marlins with a big example. Watch, oh. if Texas is
1: like 20 and 48, you don't think they start getting rid of some of those guys? I mean, unless they have those contracts where they can't get rid of them. So I just think baseball, I don't want to say the word broken, but man, it's 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 pretty cracked. It
0: really is. So how do you I mean, listen, you're you're running a business, DrRoto.com. You 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 know, you're giving away, you know, you're not giving away, but you're 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 you know talking to people about you know MLB and 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 you've got you know team previews that are going up on a, on a regular basis here. So you're obviously preparing for drafts and stuff like that right now. Like how are you how are you you handling it best as far as you know with you know with the information that you have right now, knowing that there are still there are 150 free agents still out there.
1: I know, but I think we have to treat it as an industry like it's going to happen, like it's going to start on time until we're told otherwise. I'm still going to put previews up there. People have the, you know, baseball fans want to get baseball content. Will we revise our content? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's our job, right? So I'm not going to give you a stale product. I mean, if if there's a signing, then we're going to make some changes. But I think it's important to get as much information out there as we can, because when baseball eventually makes this deal, well, it's going to ramp up quickly. And I don't want people to be too far behind. So and I think that's one of the other reasons why we really ran this deal where we're including football and baseball, because I just don't know where baseball is going to be. And I feel like I don't want to be charging people separately for baseball. And I I feel really comfortable with the decision we made of just putting it together so that people can get both sports, no matter how it turns out with baseball this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we've we've been handling it the same way over at Fantasy Alarm as well. And you know, just dealing with that, and you know, just assuring people that you know, or, or figuring out, like you did, just bundle them up together, um, and and it's a massive discount here. So that if baseball falters, well, guess what? You know, you just you still got the sickest deal in the world for for football. Uh, <laughs> you're but you're not going to get a better deal than that. So it's exactly right. I <laughs> mean, oh man. So, yeah, it's definitely it's tough. I mean, I'm doing you said I think before the show or maybe you said at the beginning of the show, you said that you you just jumped in uh, into a draft champions over at uh, the NFBC for the first time today.
1: I did. Lucky pick number 13. I took Kyle Tucker in the first round. Uh
0: oh, oh, Jim Bowden. hears that he's going to give you an awkwardly long hug. <laughs> and by the way, I don't know if this is good radio or not. But I am on the clock right now. Ooh, it's it's oh yeah, you know, listen, it's you and it's me. It's always good radio. What are you talking about? So, all right. So, so what what round is this that you're in right now? Literally round two. Oh, round two. Well, if if Jim Bowden were talking to you right now, he'd probably tell you to pair him up with Jordan Alvarez. But um, let's hear it. Let's let's hear the thought process of Dr. Roto um in a draft champions. Uh draft second round after taking Kyle Tucker
1: with Ooh. his first pick. I think my guy is here, and I, and I can't not take him. Josh Hader and Mookie Betts went. Um, I have an affinity, so you you can talk me out of it. I kind of love Luis Robert. Um,
0: I have he's no just, reason to talk you out of that 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 pick right there.
1: I love him. I mean, so I, I if I can start out with what 30 home runs and 20 stolen bases or 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases. There's Devers there, and I know third base is kind of thin, um, but I feel like Robert is special. And then there's Scherzer and Woodruff. And then the question is, if I pass on a, on, a, on a pitcher here, am I going
0: to regret that? Um, is draft champ? Is it draft and hold? Yeah, draft and hold. Is it Roto scoring though? Yeah. Then I'd wait on the pitcher. Uh, I right, no, listen. Right. I love I, I love grabbing the stolen bases early. I do. I, I you know, I'm not like, you know, freaking out about it and, you know, whatnot. But, you know, when you get those guys and, and and Luis Robert, you know, Robert is a is the perfect example of a guy who's just it's incredible budding talent. And, you know, it's just it's power speed. It's, you know, like when when Alfonso Soriano first started, right, like that's kind of what I feel like you're you, you could be getting with Luis Robert. I like Robert. It makes him sound
1: more. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Man, French. Yeah, man of the world, but more <laughs> French. Too. But uh, yeah, no, I think I'm going to do it. I think Tucker and Robert. That's pretty sexy. I like it. I like it. it's power and speed, baby. It's thunder and lightning. It's done. It's done. It's official. It's in,
0: and you heard it live right here on this anti-up podcast. There you go. There you go. Uh, to me, that's a mic drop moment right there. Um, Dr. Roto, thank you so much for for taking the time and, and joining me, man. It's always a it's always a pleasure to get to uh, to to talk to you. I don't know if you're if you're going to the FSGA in uh, Vegas next week. Are you?
1: You know, I really want to, but I'm going to be. I, yeah, I think you know I had a kidney transplant.
0: I, um, I do know that. I um, didn't. I, mean, I didn't even know if I should like bring that up or not. Right? Like sure. Why not? Okay. Fantasy sports helped save my life. I
1: mean, I, I, I it's as simple as that. So it's, uh, I put a video out on Twitter. If people don't know. And we had 150,000 views because most of our industry helped retweet it and get it out there. Yeah. And uh, my friend Mike Clay was sent retweeted it. And the, the guy who saw it, he was a 25-year-old uh, public safety officer from Michigan. He became my kidney donor. So um, I mean, I'm very blessed, very lucky, and very alive. So I... Those are three uh, words I love using. And, um, you know, the truth be told is, you know, with COVID, with all this stuff, I just need to be safer than most people. Mm-hmm. So as much as I really want to go to Vegas, much as I really want to go to Canton for the Pro Football Expo, like I just, you know, I'm close to it, but I need to probably, I feel
0: like in my head, I need another year. And I totally understand that. I have, yeah, a hundred percent. I have, you know, friends of mine in the industry aren't going because they've got you know, newborn kids at home, right? And they don't want to have to, you know, bring that, you know, possibly bring it back to the house. So I, was, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm like a like like you call me like like Howard HIPPA because I never expose anybody's like personal information like that unless they you know they do it first. I never you know I don't want to, you know, I don't I don't ever want to like overstep into somebody's personal space. Even though yes, and I was one of the people who retweeted that that tweet. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I can't I have to
1: tell you, I tried my best to answer every single person that tweeted every retweet. I try to thank every single person because it was, it really was an emotional time. I don't, I, I can't even, I can't explain it. It just, and then after the surgery was over in the intensive care in the ICU, it was just emotional to know that it was over and done and that, you know, hopefully I was going to be well. And here I am about a year and a half later. And, you know, my kidney function is literally at a hundred percent. can't ask for any better than that. Right.
0: Now I want to give you an awkwardly long hug, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk Oh, man. All right. Well, guys, check it out. DrRoto.com. Don't miss out. Every Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. He's Dr. Roto. And you've been lucky to listen to him. I feel very blessed for being able to like sit and and hang out and have this time with him. So uh, again, a big thank you to Dr. Roto. Thank you to everybody for listening, liking, and subscribing. I'm Howard Bender. This has been Anti Up. We'll catch you next time.